0: Hello, Duck fans! Welcome back. It's a Crossover Wednesday edition of the show. We are crossing over with Locked On Raiders and my boy Q. As promised, we're going to be discussing one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever wear the green and gold, Marcus Mariota. So today's going to be Marcus Mariota. It's going to be Q joining us from Locked On Raiders. I I do like the fact that we have access to this network, this national network of podcasters for the NFL, NBA, and in fact, MLB and NHL. And there's a lot of opportunity right now for us to get on each other's show and discuss some of the uh, areas where our teams cross over. In this case, we got former Oregon Ducks quarterback Marcus Mariota is now a Las Vegas Raider. Make sure you stay tuned into the show. On Thursday, we got some good content coming. And then on Friday, uh, I will be interviewing or, or at least talking with the host of Locked On Rams, about potential Oregon Draft prospects like Troy Dye and Shane Lemieux, and potentially some of the other ones. A lot of great stuff coming up. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and uh, after the intro, it's going to jump right into the interview. So remember to find me on Twitter at the Guy, and you can always follow the show at Locked On Ducks, and you can contact the show using the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtag AskLodPod. And now, on to the action.
1: almost a cult in the United
0: States. He's a sort of athletic beetle. Now wait a minute. Please. It's official. Oregon is going to be in the BCS
2: championship game. All right, welcome to Locked on Ducks. Uh, my name is Jordan Long, and as promised, we're excited to be talking about uh, the professional career of Oregon legend Marcus Mariota. I'm here with uh, my boy Q. How are you doing? Doing really
3: well, man. Appreciate you uh, inviting me off to the show and uh, get to get to talk a little Oregon Ducks with you, and, and particularly Marcus Mariota, like you mentioned.
2: Yeah, really excited. Uh, Q is the host of Locked On Raiders. Uh, highly encouraged listening to the show. He talks a lot about not just Raiders, but what's going on around uh, the NFL. Really great show. How can they find you on social media?
3: Uh, You can hit me up on Twitter, at yourboyq254. That's at yourboyq254.
2: Awesome. Sounds good. So I'm going to just jump right in. I got a few questions today, and uh, hopefully I don't take too much of your time, but uh, here we go. All right. So the QB carousel that's going on this season seems crazier than any of the previous years. We got Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. I mean, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers, Teddy B, all these guys are available. And... I feel like the Raiders could have gone a bunch of different ways. Now, after seeing Gruden and Carr on Hard Knocks, and I actually just went back and rewatched the John Gruden uh, QB camp with Marcus Mariota. So, was this like fate or coincidence when they decided to go with Mariota?
3: You know, it's, it, that's a good question. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I really do. I think that Gruden has really always respected Mariota from a distance and really liked him, as you referenced his. Uh, is uh, It's called QB Camp or a QB show that he had on, on ESPN. But I think Bayard really, really respects Marcus as well and had him rank, matter fact, higher than Jameis Winston the year that they came out one and two in the draft. And so um, I think that, that that plays a part in it. But then what else plays a part in it is Marcus can do what John Gruden has been wanting Derek Carr to do for a while, and that's keep plays alive with his legs. And so Marcus, I think, mm-hmm. is a very smart, smart quarterback. He's a guy who can obviously make all the throws that, that need to be in the NFL or if he wouldn't be he's at already. But He also can – keep plays alive with his legs. Uh, if he has to run, he can. But even just moving around the pocket and moving the pocket, that's what Marcus does really well. And I think that that's going to help push Derek Carr to, to get a little bit more out of him. And if need be, then Marcus come in and, you know, in case of emergency break last, he could be that guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, Mariota's career is really quite, quite remarkable. And 2,200 – Career rushing yards at Oregon. I mean, that's just phenomenal. And like you said, if if Gruden's looking to add that to his uh, spread offense, that's just that's just this is where he's going to find it for sure. And 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 you mentioned this kind of uh, connection with John Gruden's scheme. And I, I think it was back in 2009. I have this, I found this great quote where Gruden said that when he was fired from the NFL, he wanted to learn about football. He said like relearn the game, and and that it started with Oregon. He said he wanted to learn the spread option. And that Chip Kelly was nice enough to come down to Florida, spent 10 days with him. You know, John Gruden made his coaching comeback. I honestly was really skeptical. I thought he was going to be this old school guy, right, who wasn't going to adapt to the the new ways of the NFL. But he didn't drag the 90s with him. I mean, it's almost like this modernized schematic approach shows some influence there and, and maybe a connection to the, you know, that up-tempo Oregon stuff we saw back in the late uh, 2000s, early
3: 2010s. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it was it was funny because John Gruden has a lot of different philosophies in his offense right now. I mean, you look at it, and still Gruden's approach, that West Coast offense, the short passes, yards after the catch. But it also has, like you said, newer concepts incorporated into it. And so a lot of fans, including myself, I even thought for a minute that he was just going to come with the old smash mouth, you know, right, right. Fox, you know, conservative John Gruden offense that he always had. And, and he, he does, he does do that. But he also has the ability to change things up and, and get pretty creative with the offensive game plan. And that goes back to Chip Kelly. He learned a lot from a bunch of different coaches while he was in part of the the, the fired uh, coaches committee or whatever, you know, he was doing his show and, and he, he just – he picked up a lot of different concepts, and like you said, kind of relearned football again, but still with the understanding that he already had. So uh, I think that you know bringing in in Marcus and what he could bring to the table, and even if it's nothing more than what he brings to the, the practice field, you know, it just kind of helps the Raiders prepare for guys like Marcus that are are you know mobile guys that can move around. And look, he wasn't drafted number two overall by Tennessee for no reason, it's not by coincidence, I mean, the a right. display. I mean, you you know firsthand. But I watched him in Oregon that the dude could play, and he could play on, on the NFL level. I think everyone knows that. I mean, hell, he went to Kansas City and won a, a playoff game. So, I mean, the guy can get it done. He just was in a rut in Tennessee, and, uh, you know, he kind of got stuck in a in a situation where he wasn't ideal, and then Ryan Tannehill came in and, and took over that spot. But the one thing I can say about Marcus, and I've been telling everybody this on the Mockdown Raiders podcast, Marcus is a pro's pro, Marcus is not going to sit in the corner and pout. He's not going to say trade me if you're not going to play me. He's not going to be a disgruntled employee. He's going to be a guy that no matter who's out there on the field, who's out there playing, if it's him, if it's Carr, if it's whatever, he's going to support that guy. He's going to be fully engaged in the game, have his hand uh, in, in it. He's going to know what he needs to do. Get called upon. You know, he'll be ready when when his number gets called. If he gets called, that's what I really like about him because he's a like I said, he, he's very pro's pro, and uh, he, he just he shows these young guys how a professional should be. And so I think he's going to be not only big for that quarterback room, but I think he's going to be big for the overall locker room.
2: Yeah. His attitude has been stellar. And uh, when he was uh, a couple of interesting points here about, about Tennessee, I don't want to get too far off track, but I, I think Derek Henry said that when Marcus was benched, he went to like Eddie George and some other hall of famers. And he was asking about how to go forward and their offense changed uh, significantly. In the in the last you know half two thirds of the season, and I I don't attribute that to Marcus Mariota's core play. You know what I'm saying? That resurgence of Ryan Tannehill.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree in, in, in a major way. Again, it was just they uh, they needed a spark. They got a spark, and you know Marcus ended up on the, the wrong end of it. But uh, again, I think that him him being uh, you know let the test free agency and as quickly uh, as the Raiders jumped on him, it's not like he's. I mean, look at all these other guys you mentioned earlier. Right, They're still out right. There to win. James is still available. Andy Dalton is still a member of the Bengals, but, I mean, they're looking to move on from him. I mean, there's yep. guys, Cam Newton's still available. I mean, there's guys that are available, and Marcus is already, he's got a new home, he's got a nice contract, a, a contract that says, hey, you have an opportunity to make some real good money if you get a chance to play, if you get on the field and do some good things. So that lets you know that the team has a faith in him as well.
2: So I'm, I'm a, I do want to co- uh, talk contracts just for a second because Oregon Live reported, and that's $17.6 million over two years but only $7.5 yeah. guaranteed. Is that is that correct?
3: Yeah, that that is correct. But with all kind of incentives and playing time and escalators in this contract, I mean, really, ultimately, Marcus can turn around and look at it and have made $37.5 mm-hmm. $37. Mm-hmm. million dollars in two years.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah.
3: So, <laughs> I mean, now look. Like, that, that means that the team went to the playoffs. That means the team probably went to the Super Bowl. That means he might have been in the league MVP. I mean, whatever. But it lets you know that the, the opportunity is there, and they don't put all those escalators in there and all those incentives in there for a guy who they think is just going to hold the clipboard. So, believe me, they have some they have some confidence and some some faith that if called upon, he can he can hold it down
2: and do the job. Yeah, it sounds like that base contract by itself would be you know brought in to provide competition, but when you throw in all of the incentives. Yeah, it really right. looks like they're they're looking to uh, promote. I want to take a, a quick break, cue, and when we come back, we're going to keep talking to Marcus Marietta, okay?
0: March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, welcome back to Locked On Ducks. I'm Jordan Long, your host, and I'm here with uh, Q from Locked On Raiders. We've been talking to Marcus Mariota. On your show, you've been talking a little bit about how, in fact, everybody's talking about it. I mean... uh, the NFL world has kind of been turned upside down. Free free agency is kind of giving this impression like it's business as usual, but as you know from what uh, Roger Goodell has put out in that latest letter and kind of around the league, behind the scenes, there's a lot of limitations on uh, on the ability to practice going forward. In fact, nobody knows for sure what things are going to look like come springtime. So that having been said, I, I remember you talking about on your show how COVID-19 might actually prevent Mariota from having a real legit, well, that's not the word you you use, but a real legit competition. And, and, you know, I want to know how that limited the possibility of not even having OTAs or uh, early spring training would affect uh, Mariota's chances of competition?
3: Well, just because John Green's system is, is complex, you know, it's very wordy. So it, it's a lot for a, a guy to, to learn. And then not only learn it, I mean, you can have it upstairs and learn it. I'm sure Marcus will do that once he gets his hand on on the playbook. He'll absolutely go through it and, and learn it. But to execute it, you know, and to know exactly what he needs to do. If OTAs get pushed back, and, and we don't know. You're right. We don't know what OTAs are going to look like. We don't know what training camp is going to look like. We don't know how many – Uh, Hours are going to be limited of, of actual reps on the field, on the ground. So that's where, that's where the questions come in. And so that's, that's where I look at Derek Carr, who's now going into his third season in John Gruden's offense. It's almost one of those situations where, okay, hey, here it is. I know what to do. Let's go. And, look, I expect him to be the starter to start the season off anyway. I just expect that Marcus is going to be there to push him and push him and push him. And if at some point Derek Carr is in a rut and just can't get things going, I think John's going to look down the sideline and say, hey, Marcus, you're in. And, and then expect him to go and pick it up and, uh, you know, not look back. And really, I think that's what what could happen. I mean, I think there's a strong possibility that that could happen if things don't go the way that the Raiders want them to go this season, at least early on, because this is the third year of John Bruden, so he he needs to make the playoffs this year. You know, it's very, as a matter of fact, that they need to make the playoffs or else you're looking at this guy and all the money that they're giving the head coach. Right. okay, well, what what are you doing here? You know, you tore down the the roster and now you're trying to rebuild it, and now you're not going to make the the playoffs for a third year in a row. They need to – have a guy that can come in and be a spark if, if need be. And, you know, and I think that Marcus is the perfect guy for that. Not to mention, if he does come in and, and is a spark and does some good things, that could just, you know, jumpstart his career again where he could either be a long-term fit for the Raiders or he could be a long-term fit somewhere else, but just have that opportunity to be a starter again in the league. And so just for him, his sake, and, and trying to get as many reps as possible in this system, he's going to be a little bit behind the eight ball just because, again, We don't have any idea when OTAs are going to get kicked off. We don't have any idea when guys are going to actually get together. I mean, think about this. This is a question that I had, I thought about over the weekend. I'm actually going to present on on, a radio show on ESPN Texas on on Monday is the fact that when are we going to be comfortable with doing things? After this all said and done, when are we going to be comfortable with doing what we used to do? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like it's like when are we going to be comfortable enough to be in a crowd of fifty guys, or a crowd of sixty guys, or a crowd of five hundred guys? Think about training camp. How many guys do they have in training camp? Ninety. You know what I mean? So how when are yeah. we going to be comfortable enough to all be in training camp together and and not feel like, hey, I know that this is over and under control now, but we still may be setting ourselves up. I mean that's that's a it's a fluid situation, and I think it's something that really hasn't been discussed yet. Because they do, man, they have a lot of guys coming in and out of camp and are there one day, cut the next day, another guy comes in, and, hey, anyone could be carrying anything for all they know. And so that could be a, a tough situation. So I think the training camp for the NFL in general is going to be very difficult to get done uh, in a timely manner. And, and so I'm interested to see how they, they kind of navigate through those waters. But uh, that's just what's going to set Marcus behind. But I, I do believe he's smart enough and a smart guy where he'll be able to handle it. But he'll just be behind the eight ball.
2: Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, stability in the organization in uh, Las Vegas. Got to get used to saying Las Vegas. I'm still working on that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, just after he was signing, uh, he told KHON uh, after the move that he had really two priorities in in this free agency process, and that was uh, stability and be part of a coaching staff that could bring out the best in them. Now, that second part sounds to me like a lot of players speak, right? Like I want to put my best foot forward and uh, right, I right. need a coach who brings out the best, but but the stability aspect was really interesting to me. And when I when I first heard about that, I thought to myself, well, yeah, stability. You got ten years, ten million dollars a year. Coach not going right. anywhere. But after talking with you just now, it's kind of prompting this thought process. Like, you know, there could be a coaching hot seat if we don't see at least incremental improvements every year. And so, where else? Like in the front office with Mayock, or or where else in in the Raiders organization? in addition to John Gruden, is Marcus Mariota going to find that stability?
1: Well,
3: I just think with the team in general, and I think that Marcus has a great point when it comes to stability, because if you think back to his days at Tennessee, how many different head coaches did he have? How many different offensive coordinators did he have? Five. Five
2: offensive coordinators.
3: Exactly. I mean, that's the big thing, and that's really very similar, and this is another reason I think these guys are going to be good for each other. Derek Carr's been under that same situation as well since he's been in the league. You know, John Gruden's the first stable guy he's had, and and his offensive position. Exactly. Exactly. And so now, now he has that stability. And so I think that that's gonna help Marcus as well. And he, he's he's gonna know what Coach Gruden's gonna want from him. He's gonna know what Greg Olson's gonna want from him. I mean he's gonna know what you know, all these guys are gonna want. And so I I just think with the, the team in general, not to mention a lot of guys are young, so they, they expect him to be there for quite a while. I think he knows the pieces around him are gonna be there. The running back, Josh Jacobs, was a rookie last year. He's gonna mm-hmm. be there for a while. You know, wide receiver, most likely they'll go draft a stud this year at number twelve, you know, and he'll be there for a while. And there's there's other guys, Darren Waller, tied in. He just got a three year extension and really saved his career. He's gonna be there a while. I mean, there's a lot of parts to life that the Raiders have and they're all gonna be there for quite a while. But the most important is John Gruden, the head coach. Obviously Mike Mayoff, the front office dude. And I mean just just that that right there is reassurance that okay you know what if, if these guys sign off on me I'm going to be here and, and they're not going anywhere as well because Mark Davis loves John Gruden so even if he were to go seven and nine this year again then I mean he's not going to be on the hot seat obviously no Raider fan wants to hear seven and nine I mean look he went four as well seven and nine his second year I mean just progression itself tells you that he's at least nine and seven this year right ten and six I mean that's that's natural progression right there so in my opinion, it was always a three-year plan where they had to make the playoffs in 2020, third year into John Groot this, and this rebuild and, and reload. And so now, hey, we're looking at year three right now in the face, and, and so John Groot is up, and you got to make it happen. And I think that they will, and that's why that they're they're really stacking the, the roster with as much talent as possible. Because, again, if Derek Carr happens to go down, he just an injury, not even four play. Just say he gets injured in week one, then you're going to go to Mike Lennon no. You want to go to Benjamin? No. You want to go to Deshaun Kaiser? No. I mean, you know, you want to go to a guy who's you know been under center, who's had plenty of reps, who, who's won games, who's been in the playoffs. Derek Hart never even played in the playoffs. No, That's no right. That's right. I mean, yeah, he got injured, so that wasn't on him. But, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's never been in the playoffs. Marcus has been in the playoffs and won. So that experience alone is going to help the, the team as a whole and in general. So that's what I'm really excited about seeing.
2: All right, we got to take a quick break, Q. Uh, We're going to come back and talk a little draft talk, and uh, we're here with Q from Lockdown Raiders talking about Marcus Mariota. Talk to you in a second. All right, welcome back to Lockdown Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, your host, and I'm here with Q from Lockdown Raiders. We've been talking a lot of good stuff about Marcus Mariota, about scheme, about uh, confidence in a system, about stability, and finally being able to uh, reach what uh, always has been, in my eyes, a very high ceiling. Now, Q, I've heard... As recently as yesterday's show, in fact, I think it was, or I'm sorry, Friday's show, uh, the idea that the Raiders might draft Jordan Lovett, number 19. Now, this seems a bit crazy to to me because they are, like, like Mariota and Derek Carr are um, uh, an embarrassment of riches at the QB position, frankly. Would this kind of move be really forward-looking for Mayock? And honestly, if, if you do agree with that, what do you think of Justin Herbert if they can get him in the later rounds? I don't think he'll be available, but... Should they even be looking for a quarterback in the uh, first round?
3: You know, it, it, that's a good question. I think that they're looking for a quarterback, period. I mean, I do. I, I really do believe that they're looking for a quarterback for the long term uh, that could come in and, and be the guy in two to three years or whatever. You know, not necessarily be the guy right now, but be a guy down the road. I, I think that uh, Derek Carr probably won't receive a third contract with the Raiders. I just Unless somehow just he just takes off. I just mm-hmm. you can't imagine him getting a, a third contract with the Raiders because it would be a very large contract if you look at what the contracts are that uh, all these teams are signing. I, I just think that he's done a, a really good job stabilizing that quarterback position for the Raiders from uh, when they had Rich Gannon uh, back in yeah. 2002 and 2003, the, those those last years of Gannon. They really haven't had stability at that position since then. And, and I mean, they've had a couple guys here and there that were good. Jason Campbell comes to mind. Uh, Some people will argue Carson Palmer, but I mean, that lets you know how long it's been, you know? Right. uh, You know, so Derek Carr came in and he really stabilized that position. I think with the way in the landscape of the way that the NFL is moving, I think that Derek Carr, the the quarterbacks that are similar to Derek Carr may start to to, to kind of cycle out of the league, especially if he can't start using his legs. Because even after the dude, he just doesn't use his legs and that goes back to Marcus. That's what Marcus can do is he plays alive with his legs, and that's that's what a lot of Raider fans are excited about. Uh, you mentioned Justin Herbert. That's a guy that I know a lot of people had when if he had come out after his junior year, they had him penciled in as like the number one guy, you know, right, right. yeah, in the draft. And and then they ended up not he ended up not coming out. He went back for his senior year, which is great. But I feel like he he hurt his stock a little bit, and I think there's a lot of question marks around Justin Herbert. Exactly, because I I have questions. I don't know exactly who he is. I'll see some plays and I'll see some games. I'm like, man, that dude is a monster. He's a absolute dude. And then I'll see some games and say, oh, he was just okay. You know, so I I have question marks on who he is. So I think he's a guy that would appeal to John Gruden if given the chance to get him. I just don't think he'd be available for him at number twelve. Right, um, right. And I think I really think he goes to the Chargers at number six. That's, that's where. Yeah. I, I feel like he's <laughs> so. You know, and he'll face the Raiders twice a year, and, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe he'll he'll show them exactly who he is. Um, as far as a quarterback at 19, I, I can see that happening. I can see it being Jordan Love. I can even see it being. And this is a, a, a one of those kind of it'll sound like a reach, but I can even see it being like a Jalen Hurts at number 19. You know, yeah. if they want to yeah. get, you know, if they want to get that fifth year option on him, or maybe try to trade back and get him later in the first round. Um, I, I just. I don't know. Jordan Love, a lot of people say that he's Patrick Mahomes. I don't see that. When I see him, I, don't, I just know he has a big arm. But he doesn't yeah. really move with his feet, and I don't think that that appeals to Dougher, and I think he wants a guy that can move with his feet. Jalen Hurts, he can move with his feet, but then he has, you know, question marks with his arm and his accuracy. So there's a there's a lot of question marks out there as far as the quarterback position goes. And I, I do think that the Raiders are going to come out of this draft with a quarterback. Is he going to be the quarterback of the future, or is he just going to be another quarterback? Who knows? You know, but – I believe at some point they'll come out of the draft with the quarterback. Uh, obviously, if it's a Herbert, they're going to expect him to play sooner rather than later. If it's a Love, probably sooner rather than later. later. If it's a Hurts, maybe they get him in the third round. Maybe they can sit on him for a couple seasons. So who knows? Yeah. But uh, I, I do think that they're in the quarterback market. They're just not in a hurry to make a, re- a replacement, if that
2: makes sense. It, it makes good sense. And, and this thing, you know, about the, the way the position is evolving, you have – two of the, the greatest of all time and Tom Brady and Drew Brees are are really not mobile threats. They're, they're amazing pocket passers. And uh, that's just, the game is, is moved on as is, is great as they are. And I really credit John Gruden, I think for, for being a lot more forward thinking than than I would have suspected of him but he is right. And, right. and the, when I see something like the Khalil Mack trade and I, I think to myself, my God, why would you do that? But then, Cleo Mack last year didn't, or last season didn't play like, like he was worth two first rounders. So All right. I have total confidence in, in the Raiders organization to be able to to make the right choice on on this point.
3: Well, and think about this. Look at some of the the trades that have gone on lately, and look what some of these teams have gotten for these trades. Like DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals. I mean, you get David Johnson and, and a bag of chips. You know. And, <laughs> but they're not really,
2: And and I think I mentioned this, right, that he had all uh, 156 consecutive passes uh, before that, you know, game against the Broncos where he was uh, benched for throwing two interceptions. And that kind of improvement, especially from a guy who uh, Mike Mayock called out as as being careful with the ball, Uh, I mean, really, he's he's shown, as you mentioned, outstanding poise, but kind of an evolution and, and smarts about how he's getting better and I think the best is yet to come, to be honest. I do,
3: too. I, I really do. I think that now that he's with a coach that is a very offensive-minded guy uh, that has a lot of different ideas in his head and, and how he can win games That has been there, done that, won games multiple times on multiple levels, I think that he, he's going to try to push him and, and get the most out of him. Again, it just it feels to me like an ideal situation. I mean, it really, really does. He's a guy who his arm isn't huge where he's just going to be bombing the ball over the field like, like a Patrick Mahomes but in John Green's offense, you don't need to have that super that super big arm. You need to be able to get it to the guy that you're supposed to get it to, get it to the wide receiver, get it out all the time, get it to him in a place where he can catch it and run. That's what, I mean, that's what he's got to be able to do. And with Marcus's legs, that also allows the team to have a threat at the line of scrimmage that might not even be used. I mean, he might not ever have to do a designed run. They may never do an RPO where it's a designed run for Marcus just to go ahead and take off. But just having that threat there, it makes the defense – Think. It makes him think about it just for a second that maybe this is coming at some point, and a thinking man is a slow man. Even thinking just for a
1: second, <laughs> right.
3: you know what I mean, just a quick second, yeah. and all of a sudden, whoops, they're going the other way. Here goes Josh Jacobs out of the backfield because you thought, you know, you thought Marcus was keeping the ball. Just those kind of, uh, you know, those kind of elements that he brings to the table are the things that I think John Gruden can win with. Now, all that being said, he's got to be on the field to make that happen. So if he's not on the field, it really doesn't matter. Maybe John Gruden plans on using him on the field at the same time with Derek Carr, like a Taysom Hill does in New Orleans. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's another option that you have because you can't just say he's in there to run the ball because he has an arm, too. So if he's in there and you, you have Derek Carr and Marcus in there at the same time, one of these guys is probably going to throw the ball, but you don't know who. You know what I mean? So you have to still – on your A game and really pay attention to what's going on. And I, I just think it just brings an element of surprise to the table. I expect Marcus to get some burn, whether he's the quarterback or not, but I do expect him to get into the game here and there, just at the very least, like I said, to try to keep uh, defenses
2: on it. So that itself, I think, will help out in major way. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a, I'm kind of a, bi- I'm a big fan of uh, Josh Jacobs. And, you know, he was uh, basically having a, a rookie offensive MVP year before you know going down down the stretch, but uh, but when you pair that with a quarterback with the running potential and, and, and you know red zone scoring potential on these on these the ability to escape the pocket, when you pair yeah. that with a running back like Joshua Jacobs, like you said, I love that. Think a man is a slow man, and that's exactly where the Raiders are going to be putting the defenses on their heels. And you know, it, I, I think that that is where and. Frankly, I think the Chargers and Broncos are going to have, you know, resurgent years next year. And I think you're in a division where putting those – defense, making those defenses earn the wins is going to be really important.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I like how you said a red zone threat. I can see him coming in in the red zone all the time. You know what I mean? I can see him being a guy that just they go through all the time when they get down near the goal line because that, that threat of that RPO, you, you can give the ball to Josh Jacobs or you can keep it yourself or you can throw – I mean, that's a triple threat. You know, that you can hand it yeah. off, you can run it, or you can throw it. And if you got those kind of options, like you said, it's going to slow down the defense. They're just going to hesitate just a second. And that split second is the difference between seven points and three points. And uh, if you can pick up seven more times than you don't, then you're you're cooking with grease, like I like to say. So, yes, sir. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the addition and what he can bring to the table and how he can help this team in, in general get better. And with a guy that tumbled and got a sharp brain and, and you know, like I said, as a team player, even if it's not going his way, it's still about the team. That's, that's the kind of guy that Gruden wants. That's the kind of guy that Gruden needs to help this team succeed. And so that's, that's another reason for uh, Marcus being there and, and excitement about him being there.
2: Thank you very much. This has been Locked on Ducks, an uh, interview with Q from Locked on Raiders. You know, you mentioned you do a radio show, and I, and I seem to remember on, on your uh, uh, listening to Locked on Raiders that there's an app people can actually download where they can catch your radio show when, they, when you're talking about – because I know when we're going to be – those Duck fans are going to be wanting to hear you talk about Marcus Mariota when it counts. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: That's right. Sentex Sports Fan App. It's, it's, it's available for iPhone, Android, whatever. Again, it's Sentex. Sports Fan app. I do a radio show Monday through Friday, 12 to 3, and I uh, talk everything, man. NFL, draft, college, all kind of good stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. So definitely if you uh, get an opportunity download the app, tune it in, and, and let your boy know. Check me out on Twitter, at your boy Q254. Let me know you're listening so I can shout you
2: out. Absolutely. We love the shout-outs. I like to think of it as, you know, the people's podcast. And speaking of which, you can always reach the show at Locked on Ducks. But if you want to follow me or connect with me on Twitter, it's at the off Guy. And uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it. You really appreciate you taking the time today, my man. Absolutely, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, go Dust! <laughs>